Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. On Tuesday, the Biden administration celebrated the passage of the Inflation Reduction Act at the White House. This year, the American people won. The climate deniers lost. An Inflation Reduction Act takes the most aggressive action to combat climate ever, ever, ever. President Joe Biden also announced a couple new teams to help meet his ambitious green agenda. One team, the White House Office on Clean Energy Innovation and Implementation, will help implement the $369 billion from the Inflation Reduction Act itself. The other team will make up the gap between Biden's climate goals and what the Inflation Reduction Act actually accomplishes. So today, we check in with Politico Zach Coleman about the White House team rolling out the Inflation Reduction Act and what Biden is doing beyond that to reduce the country's emissions. It's Wednesday, September 14th. So, Zach, the White House yesterday held a celebration of the Inflation Reduction Act at the White House. So what was the message, the purpose, kind of what, what were the vibes coming from that? Yeah, man, it was a celebration. I mean, part campaign rally. I don't even know. I mean, it was a lot of rah-rah, a lot of patting on the back. I mean, this is the most historic climate law that has ever been passed by the U.S., so rightly so, pat yourself on the back. It was really a victory lap is really what it seemed like for President Biden especially, who really talked a lot about still having faith in the legislative process and come together and passing something. He you know, name-checked this legislation, the Inflation Reduction Act, but he also took Republicans to task, saying not a single one of them came to vote for this. And Chuck Schumer was involved as well, Nancy Pelosi involved. There was just a lot of criticism of Republicans while at the same time touting the administration's accomplishments. Gotcha. So a little bit of political messaging as well. And also ahead of the event, you had an interesting scoop that the White House has announced the creation of this new climate team that's led by John Podesta, who has come back to the White House to implement the Inflation Reduction Act. So what exactly is the purpose and role of this new team? Like, what are they trying to accomplish by this structure? If you think back to the rollout of the Affordable Care Act in the Obama administration, the website didn't work when they rolled it out. That's the type of thing that this implementation team is supposed to avoid. You want to make sure that when you start putting the paper out there, the language for this enormous legislation, the most historic climate law of all time, that it works properly because time is running out to address climate change and to get the projected emissions reductions that this law has promised, it needs to go smoothly. And it maybe even needs to go better than smoothly. So John Podesta is going to come in with this new office that's basically charged with making sure that there are no hiccups. And in fact, going beyond what maybe some of these projections have shown to try to bring more private sector interest into going green, into taking advantage of some of these incentives, and maybe even to basically show that the market is heading in this direction so that companies, even if they aren't going to take advantage of these incentives, are at least thinking about how do we participate in this new green economy. Gotcha. 
just moving beyond the Inflation Reduction Act, we know that the creation and implementation of this law is not enough to meet Biden's climate target. Projections are about 40% emissions reductions from this. That's short of the 50% by 2030 that the administration is targeting. So how do they plan to make up that difference? You're going to have to look at a lot of regulations, a lot of creative ways to squeeze emissions reductions from federal agencies, partnerships with states and local governments. I mean, there's any number of ways in which they're just going to have to try to turn the screws a little bit tighter on our emissions. It's interesting, though, you know, you talk to a lot of people who are technologists and climate savvy people, and there is this focus on the near term goal, the 50% reduction below 2005 levels by 2030. But what they're saying is that these are such massive investments in hard to decarbonize sectors that if it goes well, like, yeah, maybe that near term target is a little tough to reach, but they're talking about blowing past some of the later targets because just of how transformative some of these investments could be for these sectors that we're only now just really starting to really get a handle on how we make them greener. So I think that's something that maybe isn't talked about enough. And I, I don't know that I've written about it enough, but it's something that I certainly want to explore going forward. Interesting. And then, you know, you're reporting that Podesta is going to co-chair a working group focused on expanding clean energy and economic development in coal communities, along with focusing on steering investments to environmental justice communities, you know, really delivering on these other priorities. So what else does the White House need to do to check that box of their agenda? I think they need to show. I mean, one of the things that we've seen so far is a lot of legislation getting passed into law, the bipartisan infrastructure law, that's a trillion plus dollars, and then the Inflation Reduction Act. And it's great that that paper has been signed. There are these laws. But at this point, the agencies for the infrastructure law are mostly putting out the notice of funding opportunities. So they're saying, here's this money is available. Here's this program. Now they have to work with communities to help them understand what's available, to guide them through the application process, and to actually get the money out the door and get steel in the ground. And that's going to take some time. It's not instantaneous. And that transformation takes a little while. So I think there's a little bit of political realism that has to be engaged with here, that just because the law passed doesn't mean that things have changed on the ground. But they also need to do a good job of actually making sure the money gets there and the investments are made and that they can talk about what will happen or what can happen with these investments if they're going to sell this to communities like those in Appalachia or environmental justice communities dotted throughout the country. Also, the Environmental Protection Agency is crafting a new rule that would allow the permanent year-round sale of gasoline with 15% blends of ethanol. That's what EPA Administrator Michael Regan announced on Tuesday, adding that the new rulemaking would be finalized before the 2023 summer driving season. Most gasoline retailers offer only E10 gasoline, which contains 10% corn-based ethanol. Earlier this year, the Biden administration took steps to waive air pollution rules restricting the summer sale of E15 ethanol gasoline blends in an effort to ease the high pump prices that were angering consumers. But the emergency action was temporary and Regan has since issued a series of waivers to allow the sale to continue throughout the summer. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch, and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. 
Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.